Hello, welcome to Truth, not Truth of Piano Player. I'm still getting the title. Uh, Dark Habits and all mode of our podcast. Uh, this is Spencer and J Dog's here too, and our friend Jake. But this is hey. a very special episode. Um, Cora and Fred from the band Ratbath, uh, probably my, one of my favorite new bands I've discovered over the past years. No, it was over a year ago when I first heard it. Anyway, yeah, are here and uh. They picked Arsenic and Old Lace, which uh, I had never heard of. I, I'd never seen, but I knew the title. And so, uh, uh, Fred and Cora, first off, thank you for uh, coming on. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us. And so, well, uh, also uh, pronouns so that I can not be an asshole on accident. Um, thank you for asking. I'm Fred. My pronouns are they, them. Uh, Cora pronouns are she, her. Okay. Thank you. Jake. Uh, yes. Uh, what are yours? Oh, he, him. Okay. And, uh, J-Dog, I think we did on a previous episode, but I can't remember. Yeah. I don't uh, either. Uh, he, him. and uh, yeah. can, can I just say that uh, yes. I'm sick, so if my voice sounds any weirder than it normally does, that's why. That's fine. Don't worry about it. I'm just getting over a cold, so I get it. Hope you feel better. Yeah. Oh, thank you. So, I hope uh, someday to feel better, but it's going to take <laughs> a lot of work and medications. Yeah, I know that feeling. Well, uh, no, not for the cold. I, uh, never mind. We won't get into it. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, first off, um, why uh, Ar- why arsenic and old lace? What 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 you guys pick that one? So we I, I saw the play in high school, so I knew the general plot. Cord, had you seen it before? I'd seen the movie before a long time ago. Um, I'll be honest, I'm not too much of a film buff, so I looked at the the list of titles that you sent for the episode, and Arsenic and Old Lace was the only title <laughs> I recognized. <laughs> So I went with that one. I wanted to do this one just because from what I could recall, it was about two little ladies living in a house together and like murdering men. And I I feel like that's kind of friendship goals, especially for me and Cora. (laughs) Um, And and throughout the movie, we did have plenty of moments where we turned and looked at each other like, oh my God, it's us. So I think it was a good fit. Mm All right. And don't worry about not being a, a movie buff forever. It's just this we can go off topic for like half an hour. It doesn't really matter. Right on. Yeah, but uh so uh Jake, I know you're the classic movie person. That's part of why you're here. Yeah. Uh I assume you've probably seen this one before. Yeah. Um I also I had seen the movie a long, long time ago when I was a kid, and then I did um, my senior year of high school. I did an acting class and we read that play and I was like, Oh, thank God. I know, like, I know this one. And like, we read the play and we watched the movie. So it was like one of those things where it was like my uh, particular set of skills are finally coming in handy. (laughs) And uh, J dog. I mean, I, I knew the name and I knew the poster and I don't think the poster appropriately displays the contents of the movie as usual, but uh, yeah. 
that's that's about it really i didn't even know what the story was about i assumed the characters on the poster one of them was arsenic one of them was old lace why not <laughs> well not uh, I, i've never seen the poster what can you describe it yes it is a picture of cary grant with a big smile and over his shoulder is uh is it priscilla lane the uh actress yeah. Who, yeah yeah no 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 priscilla lane is oh yeah you're right yeah, you get it right yeah yeah just over his shoulder, like looks like she's kind of yelling, like "Hey!" Out of surprise, but there's no no old ladies, no no murder. The closest is like there's a red splotch where arsenic and old lace is written out. Yeah, and it looks like it's going to be like a. I mean, it is. Oh, I guess it's a rom com. Not really. It's more of a dark comedy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I was certainly romanced by the Bor, Boris Karloff-looking guy, but it, it, <laughs> that's probably just a particular. Yeah. Um, you said you read the play. I I'd seen it in high school. I mm. had a hard time remembering if like the story arc between um the main character Mortimer and his mm-hmm. wife, whose name I I cannot recall at the moment, um, was really part of the play. I I don't remember. If, there was like a female counterpart to Mortimer yeah. or if there was, it wasn't nearly as big of a, um, a deal. Story. Yeah. I couldn't remember that either. Um, Cause when we read the play, we all took parts and I took the most fun part and played Teddy. Um, so it was a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, I don't remember it, but the, like the, the core plot I feel like was probably the same Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I could certainly have seen them just uh, playing up the the rom com angle a little bit more because that was yeah more Hollywood at the time or something. Yeah, I don't, I don't more palatable right now. Yeah, it's always, always what Hollywood does. Yeah, so, but uh, so I was wondering if that first scene was tacked on where they're it, at the marriage. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that's only something being you can a do bachelor. Okay. Yeah. Um, Once again, that sets you off on the wrong foot. Come on. (laughs) Yeah, that was a little bit of a weird, like, like, why are we seeing a baseball fight? But I thought it was funny. Um, But uh, it's, uh, I guess Elaine was, uh, that's the, his wife's name is, uh, was in the play too, but I don't remember if she had such a big part. Yeah, I'm wondering more if, like, was Mortimer in the play depicted as someone who was, like, this, this famous bachelor, bachelor yeah. or if they put that in the movie uh, for more content? Because there was a lot of um, jokes. Yes. Uh, like, one thing that uh, actually made me chuckle, and, and it, it's, it was honestly really surreal watching this movie because there were so many moments where I had forgotten that this was actually a movie from the forties and not right. a satire yeah. because they were saying things that if anyone were to say that today in 2023, they'd clearly be making some sort of parody or satire. Right. It, it would have been like, you know, mimicking or making fun of something, not right. um, just like the humor of the time. But he says something in the beginning, like, ah, see, this is why I hate this women. Is why I hate women. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And yeah, I, I laughed at that. And then I was like, oh, wait, no, that's... This is the 40s. They were probably serious about that. <laughs> Being a little more serious here. Okay, this yeah. actually is yeah. not funny. Yeah. 
it, it felt like the whole intro with him being like the bachelor guy felt like uh who's a dude who did like i hope they serve beer i hope they serve beer in hell um it's like question. A, it's like thing for like that like bro-y oh dudes. those yeah that, like, like bro- the assholes on the covers yeah like, like that. not actual assholes but yeah, like know, but... asshole guys yeah asshole right. guys really latched on to it of like it's being like a tucker dude. or something yeah it yeah like i know exactly that. what you're talking about yeah that's like a proto right. of that yes. yeah 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 who uh, luckily is not famous anymore but no yeah it's it, gonna be it famous did, now uh, uh, listens to the podcast <laughs> no, it, it did definitely strike me that that Cary Grant's character in this was kind of like a, a proto like men's rights activist. It seemed like <laughs> he was very much like, oh yeah, it's so great being a dude, and we don't need women for anything. <laughs> Which yeah. again sounds sounds like satire today. Again, yeah, it does. <laughs> I don't, I don't think it was back then. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're, you know, dudes who still believe that today, too. Of course. But, oh, yeah. yeah. There's people who act that way, and I've met them, unfortunately. Um, yeah. yeah uh, before we get too, too much into this, um, uh, uh, so uh, Fred and Cora, I believe you guys are having a sale right now. Yeah. Yep. Um, so we had just returned from a 16-day tour, and uh, we have some merch left over, and we are actually recording our second album at the end of the month. And there's a lot of expenses that go into that. Um, So we were trying to sell the last of our merch to raise the last little bit of money that we need. So um, on our merch shop, which is on Bandcamp, uh, I think it's ratbathmke.bandcamp.com backslash merch. Um, But if you just go to the Bandcamp page, you can find the merch. Everything is 20% off. Um, we also uh, made an offer that anyone that spends over $50 in the shop will get a free download of the album when it's ready. Very yeah, cool. I, I ordered the uh, the pink shirt with the rats going to the mall. Awesome. Right. Yeah, the Bratz yeah. Bath yeah. t-shirt. Our friend uh, Reed designed that to look like the little Bratz dolls, but they're rats yeah yeah i love the details of like they have long nails and they're wearing like the platform <laughs> sandals it's so mm-hmm. great and uh and uh, uh if uh, anyone from uh from the brats company is listening to this we totally didn't rip off the logo at all it was a hundred percent original idea no copyright infringement i think i think brats owes us money yeah honestly <laughs> we definitely thought of those first I mean, it says Rat Bath, not Bratz. So yeah, really. Think, yeah, it's a. Did you know uh, they made dolls after our shirt. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I remember, like, on like, a TikTok or something you guys did, where it's like, "There's a shortage on booty shorts." Unfortunately, yes. yes. We're not even kidding about that. Um, <laughs> yeah, because we've we've done uh, booty shorts as a merch item that have have lyrics to one of our songs on the butt uh, and we we're trying to get some more of those in time for for the spring season this year but unfortunately yeah the company we normally go through and the other people i talk to everybody's out of booty shorts right now the so, nationwide booty short yeah, shortage nobody's talking about it but <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a real thing i think you guys got a, a title for your next album 
it's booty shorts and adderall that's just the nationwide shortage right now yeah i can already see the music video for that one <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think you could say the, the booty shorts is the real um the real damage of COVID. <laughs> yeah first toilet paper and now this I blame oh that gosh. ship that got stuck in the Suez Canal like a year ago. I think it's somehow their fault. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's really warm over in that area, right? So they were probably handing out booty shorts left and right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To make sure these people are comfortable. Well, <laughs> at that boots. point, it's just disaster relief. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, wait. Okay. Anything else? But uh, yeah, so back to the the movie part. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, um, uh, Joel, did you did you like this movie? I don't think you've said anything about too much about it yet. Oh yeah, it's a fun movie. Okay, I didn't even feel like the two hours was too long. I was, was just like in there the whole time. Yeah, but that's why uh, going back to that first part, it wasn't the baseball stuff. Like they were setting the they were setting the stage that Brooklyn is insane no matter where right. you are, basically. But the the marriage thing is like, well, isn't that professional bachelor? What's his name? Like, da, da, da. like <laughs> that set a different tone, and all of a sudden we've got uh, like I could see I've never seen the play, but I could see this how it would be uh, run as like a farce with people coming in and out of doors and windows and things right. like that and stuff. And uh, yeah, just two hours of, of like, I don't know, you know, just, me ADHD guy, like yeah. didn't draw me away from anything. So it was good. Yeah. No, definitely. It was, yeah. I didn't know it was even a dark comedy. I just knew it was a Cary Grant movie. And yeah. I was generally surprised like, Oh, this is much darker than I I, than I expected it to be mm-hmm. and uh much funnier and this like I, i've said before like i find old hollywood stuff of this time just kind of hard to get into and sometimes puts me asleep and this did not put me asleep i was engaged the entire time it's just uh like even on two hours it's like you know it's just it zips right by yeah it's it's paced really really well it's not you know <clears throat> There's no chases really. Um, mainly one like central set, yeah. like mm-hmm. basically the the inside of the house, and then like the outside, and that's about it. <clears throat> and those are the majority of the two sets, which is it's probably really cheap to make that way. Um, but yeah, no, it it's just so it's just so funny. Yeah, and the. Um, one of my one of the things that I've read is that Cary Grant didn't like his performance in it, but I was like, I thought it was great. Like, <laughs> I think it's great, and he he just he just digs into it and just doesn't really like let go. Yeah, he's definitely over the top in this movie, especially compared to a lot of his other more kind of right serious roles, I guess. <clears throat> but I mean, yeah, with the tone of the movie, I think it kind of works. Oh yeah, I, I might have to disagree about the the comment about it keeping uh, someone's attention. I, mm-hmm. I about twenty thirty minutes in was like, okay, they've lost me. Um, <laughs> I, though I I notoriously do not enjoy 
things that are written in that style, the farce, the comedy of errors, where it's just the Lala running around in circles and this went wrong and this went wrong and that went wrong. Like I get burnt on on it so fast whenever I see a play or a movie and that's the structure. I'm like, all right, it's the same joke all movie right the whole movie beginning the end just the same joke and i'm over it yeah 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 i definitely i think that the most interesting thing about the movie is like the premise and the the characters of alice and uh was martha the other martha and Anne. i thought it wasn't Oh, Abby. It was Abby. Martha and Abby. Okay, yeah. Uh, but yeah, like their characters and their relationship with their nephew and this whole like murder spree that they've got going on, I think <laughs> are really interesting. And then that kind of like fades into the background pretty quickly once like Johnny Brewster shows up and then it's just like a bunch yeah. of men shouting at each other. And uh, the most interesting part of the movie, in, in my opinion, kind of gets pushed to the background or like made made into set dressing rather than like the heart mm-hmm. of the plot uh which is a little disappointing like what's the but the brother character and the in the and like his friend like i don't know if i was if this is a reach but like it felt like there's like classic hollywood queer coding of like uh, oh the, the gay yeah. villain oh yeah oh no well, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> no they were totally gay we were we were talking yeah. about that whole time like uh-huh. this guy and and professor einstein they're in love in and love yeah and they're bickering like they're bickering yeah. back and forth like a couple like it's it's pretty yeah. not subtle <laughs> okay yeah well they, there's a and it's also interesting that they are the enemies the antagonists in the movie mm-hmm. like they presumably have murdered just as many actually no there was a fight over how many people they murdered <laughs> yeah. versus yeah. the ants but you know the ants were still held you know oh we love them we're rooting for them but then like this pair of of gentlemen that are being portrayed very very queerly are evil mm-hmm. even though they're doing the same thing um mm-hmm. and then that's actually like a topic we work with a lot as musicians where we kind of take characters or tropes that were um, queer coded and then portrayed as villains when we were growing up, things that we saw and rewrite them, the queer coded villains as heroes, um, as being a queer band. Yeah. Uh, I, I, uh, I first thought it was like Ursula as like a, like a, a queer uh villain that is clearly like the the most interesting part of the whole movie <laughs> oh yeah and there's been i know yeah a lot of commentary on on ursula specifically and how like her her makeup and her visual appearance is very reminiscent of like drag like she's yeah. drawn to look like a drag queen basically yeah, mm-hmm. i think this i think the like, director whoever did say it's based off divine oh yeah i can see that I don't know if Divine will have played the part. I think Divine will have been dead by the time. Yeah. But uh, yeah, like she it, would, it, she would have nailed that part though. Oh, she would have nailed true. it. <laughs> oh yeah, it would have been great to have Divine in a Disney movie. <laughs> I love Divine. Mm-hmm. That would have been amazing. Yeah, but uh, okay. So, uh, so uh, so uh, uh for. Uh, my brain. I'm a little tired today. Uh, That's all right. You're good. 
Yeah, no right. worries. Right. So, uh, besides like stuff we kind of highlight already, what works in arsenic and old lace? Like, like what, what, what's the things like the most about it? I think as Cora said, like the central plot of these two little old ladies, mm-hmm. um, in them. Can you hear us? Yeah. No. No, okay. Sorry about that. Cat muted the mic. Oh. <laughs> um, this is a uh, this is Squirrel. Say hi, Squirrel. She's a kitten, squirrel. and she and her brother um, are nefarious little creatures. <laughs> Plant murderers, actually. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Um. You just go over here. Yeah. Only a matter of time. Um. But yeah, it's for other things that that worked in the movie. I know you touched on this already, but I I do like the the use of space and how it's pretty much just the whole thing basically takes place inside this one house. Yeah, and like obviously that's derived from the fact that it was a play originally, mm-hmm. and that was the set of the play. Uh, but I think that that's that's really interesting and is you know something that you don't see in more contemporary films where it's like the whole thing is just taking place in one location. Right. Um, I think that, that adds an interesting element to it. No, definitely. Yeah, I, I think they were trying to honor like the original play mm-hmm. in that. I mean, it definitely saved money as well, yeah. but yeah. Oh, yeah. I think they wanted to keep um, that comedy of errors, like all this chaos, tight space uh, type deal to it. Yeah. So, uh, 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 Jake, what about you? Man, I mean, it's one of those movies that I watched as a kid, and I didn't realize until like until much, much recently that it was directed by Frank Capra, of all people. You know, the guy who directed, you know, It's a Wonderful Life is directing this movie, and like, really, it just kind of blows my mind that he's got that kind of range. Um, I'm, I missed what happened. I was rescuing a plant. From oh, you're good. The aforementioned plant murder. <laughs> you might have a, a sound of me in the background calling her a gremlin. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was just saying that the, the movie's directed by Frank Capra, who made uh, It's a Wonderful Life. Oh. So it's like I, such I a weird watch. range of for a director to have. Like, mm-hmm. But um, I just think it's 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 good range um i just I, I love that like these women these little old ladies killed these guys and you're like you still kind of like want to protect them from the outside world <laughs> you know like but yet they're talking about like how proud they are they got a baptist to drink wine you know mm-hmm. like it, it just it's and they they had me like on their side until you know the uh Jonathan and Dr. Einstein brought in Mr. Spinoza who's a foreigner and I was like, "Oh, well, there's that." Yeah. Yeah, like, there's definitely <laughs> parts of this movie that did not age well. Yeah. <laughs> at all. Uh some xenophobia, some yeah. racism. There goes the cat again. But um one of the things I I really was aware of this viewing is like I felt like it was a real and maybe not at the time, maybe it's just like a modern reinterpretation of it for me. Um, definitely a lot of like thought about like mental health um, genetically mm-hmm. um, because, you know, Mortimer's getting married. He thinks everything's good. 
you know, they're going to go to Niagara Falls. And literally, he's about to leave, and then there's a body in the window seat, you know, that his aunt's killed. Like, and then he's like, and you can tell, too, during the movie, he's like, shoot, I'm crazy, too. It's it's almost like he's a hypochondriac, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just a really interesting, and then the way that he, like, tries to keep Elaine out, almost as like, oh, I can't believe I married her, and I'm crazy, and I don't even know it. But then, you know, you find out he's not actually a blood uh, Brewster. So... Um, the son I, of a sea cook, he says. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah. I just there's just a lot of uh good stuff. A lot of good uh, a lot of good character actors in the movie. Uh, a lot of I feel like Frank Capra regulars. Uh, uh, who are they? Because I think I've seen, uh, one think... of them is is a very he died like. I want to say like 10 years ago, he hmm. was in the very first scene as the reporter, Charles Lane. He's oh. in like, if I can, if I remember correctly, he's in like all of Frank Capra's movies. Yeah. He's in um, a lot of them. Yeah. Um, so he was like over 90, like a hundred when he died. Let's see. Let me look here. Cause I remember like yep, seeing him on I love Lucy. 102. Yeah. 102. He died in 2007. Oh, wow. Um, James Gleason is one of my favorite character actors who played the, uh, the, um, Lieutenant, the police Lieutenant. And he's been Mm -hmm. in a lot of studio stuff from that era. Kind of, kind of playing, you know, the tough guy, police officer. I don't remember Mm -hmm. if he's in any other, um, I swore he was in Mr. Smith goes to Washington, but that may be just me thinking. But um, yeah. and then Jack Carson, because uh, you guys are going to talk about Mildred Pierce, right? Uh, it's on the Maybe. list. Yeah, if, if that's that's one of them, if someone picks it. Yeah, and Jack Carson's a great actor too that I think is really underrated. Um, and he plays the the beat cop that's taking over the beat. Oh wait, that's Strong um, Crawford. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, she's one. in. She's in. Yeah, he's in that movie too. We don't be able to cover that then. Um. Very different performance in that movie. I can tell you that, though. Um, but, yeah, I just... There's just a lot of great... Hmm. Just roles, I feel like, in this movie. I thought there were more regulars in this movie, but I guess Charles Lane is really the one... Okay. That's the... Is, like, the the regular. But um, I uh, was doing a little research the other day and read that uh, Bob Hope was wanted for Mortimer Brewster and Thank... What? God for that. Yeah. Bob Hope? Yeah. Thank God. Thank God. I hate Bob Hope with every fiber of my being. (laughs) What did he do to you? Existed, really. That's about it. Yeah, that's pretty bad. Yeah. Hmm. He would go on The Tonight Show and write his own jokes. Like, come on, man. Like, If you're a professional, just just roll with the punches. Um, uh, J-Dog? Hi, my name is what? <laughs> what are we asking about? <clears throat> uh, what What did you like in this? Like, what are your favorite things in this? I mean, I didn't have a problem with anything except for the beginning part. Actually, uh, like when um, when Johnny comes home, um, <laughs> uh, I just kept. The, I'm going to keep bringing it up, but I kept thinking of uh, the Parker character from those novels. I like 
mm. because there there's the one uh, the man with a getaway face where he mm. gets plastic surgery so that the cops mm. and such won't recognize him and it's just like this common trope for criminals i guess it's like can't really escape anywhere after a certain amount of time so you have to yeah. have plastic surgery what have you <clears throat> but um yeah like brewster doesn't start to i think he must think his answer just like these old kind of goofy little old ladies but spinsters yeah super happy association with them and everybody in the town likes them and he met the girl of his dreams across the street from where they live i I assume he doesn't live with them no um and like yeah finding out we've got his i guess teddy is his brother right Awesome. Yeah, yeah, they say. Uh, yeah, his brother. He's got brother Teddy. He's got brother Johnny, and, and they know those two people were nuts. Uh, you know, quote unquote. Yeah, nuts. And then he thought, "Oh, I got these nice old aunties. That's fine." And then, yeah, he finds that <laughs> body. I was really expecting this to go supernatural when he finds the body, especially. And they throw they throw some like references and stuff like that, like the the cat coming out of the basement. Mm-hmm. Um, and how do I know the cat didn't hide any more bodies down there? There could be more than thirteen at this point. <laughs> but um, I liked the element of having somebody to focus on as the bad guy because you know you don't want to make the old ladies the bad guy of the movie Mm-mm. and there doesn't even necessarily need to be a good or a bad guy but that typically happens in movies from back in this time um on a side note you're talking about frank capra's other stuff and the, the mm. range i think of uh it's a wonderful life is an incredibly morbid movie. So. it is yeah i is after i said that i was like you know it's like a very like <laughs> Like if you want like the opposite side of the spectrum of morbid and like like a black comedy and you want just morbid, yeah, it's a wonderful life is just morbid. <laughs> yep. More more sad morbid than funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um I like Peter Laurie in anything. So yeah. I really got a kick out of that. And um I know, I've never seen the actor that was playing um jo- was it Jonathan said his name, Jonathan, thank you. I was going to say Joey for some reason. <laughs> jo- Joseph Joestar. But uh, he was pretty good. Yeah. Uh, he was in A Matter of Life and Death. I don't know if you've seen that. Uh, no, Powell and Pressburger movie. But the staircase? Uh, that's the uh, World War II pilot dies. And... There's one where like there's a shot of like a, a, like a yeah, staircase. Stair, stair, stairway to heaven. Yeah, yeah that, that one. That's a matter of life and death. Yeah, okay, yeah, this is the same title. Yeah. It's just was the one was U.S. One was the British title. Yeah, that was the U.S. title. But yeah, he's in that. I guess he's in 49th Parallel, which is another Powell and Pressburger movie. Like, ironically enough, and I, I thought I remembered this, but when I was watching, I'm like, man, he looks a lot like Abe Lincoln. And then I forgot he actually played Abe Lincoln in a movie that he was actually nominated for an Oscar for. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it was just a weird uh, coincidence. So, uh, a very, very good Frankenstein to the uh, the Mad Doctor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's real, a very strong like Ren Stimpy. Uh, yeah, thing going on. Which I know, <laughs> I know the Ren voice is Peter Lorre. So, like, I imagine maybe this was like the movie where. Th- 
they specifically John K specifically got that dynamic from. But also, uh, dress up people. Everyone knows. I know John K is problematic. There's it, you can look into it uh, on your own time, but he's not a good person allegedly. Mm-hmm. You could even you could even say Pinky in the Brain maybe a little bit. Hmm. Yeah. With uh, Raymond Massey's voice, a little Orson Welles-ish. But yeah. But, yeah. 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 But uh so Fred, you're saying earlier you don't like like screwball, like fast comedy type stuff mm-hmm. in general. So um uh are there other ones that you do like? Um I do I, I mean I do like the dark elements of the comedy. I think I, I'm more drawn to dark comedy. Um but this um movie took elements of both and put it together. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I, I like things that um, are not even, um, you know, they're not like slapstick jokes. Mm-hmm. They're not like in your face funny and they're not like, you know, derogatory type of mm-hmm. jokes. I, I certainly don't appreciate that. Um, but like anything that's kind of like so like dark, morbid, like surreal um, that it's funny to the human psyche. I enjoy that type of comedy. Yeah, no, it, it was really making me think a lot this viewing because I haven't seen it for a while, but um, it just, it made me really think about like, <laughs> granted there wasn't like a big ceremony, but like weddings always bring up weird family shit. I feel like, mm-hmm. like every time, like I've been in a couple of weddings and every wedding there's always just something that just rears its ugly head you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. every time and it's just like what the what the hell but yeah so whether whether it be a a stereotype that they do in (laughs) movies it's an actual thing (laughs) in my experience at least (laughs) as someone who got married recently i can attest to that yeah Uh (laughs) yeah the um yeah it just it, it was really something that hit me i was like oh damn like yeah, because everybody has that killer brother that shows up at the wedding, you know, that I nobody. Don't like my brother. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but yeah, so it was just it, it just the whole kind of like theme of like family too was kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. You think about it, like taking care of your family, and like also it's, it's an interesting thing to point out too that the it kind of dodged the production code a little bit if you think about it because. Mm-hmm. And the production code, the old ladies would have been like, had to go to jail or oh, get killed or something true. like that. Granted, Cause... they went to a, they went to a mental institution, mm. but it, it still was a pretty scot free um, punishment. Yeah, I think... they even wanted to go. They right, were like, they even oh, wanted to go. They were excited. Yeah, <laughs> which which also like uh, definitely speaks to like perceptions in the media or way things are presented of that time. Like, I don't know if we'd see a movie made today where two elderly women are just stoked on going to a mental institution. Like, yeah, (laughs) no, that, that, that wouldn't translate well today. I feel Mm -hmm. like having the queer villain thing kind of overshadow, let them get away with sneakier stuff. Because mm-hmm. the code people have been like, well, you have like, you're punishing these people, so so they like, oh, like overlook other stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
And, and I feel like too that the the Brewster sisters were that before it became a trope, you have these unassuming killers, really. You know, like I wrote when I was when I was watching it. I I don't know why I just wrote down before Ted Bundy, you had the Brewster sisters. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, this walk so psycho could run. Oh my gosh, yeah, you're right. Yeah. yeah. That is true. I didn't uh, even think about that. And, uh, okay. oh, something that I can't help but think of is like, the well, there's like the the rumor that Cary Grant was a, a queer man, and yeah. there's all this talk of this movie. He's the ultimate bachelor. I know a bachelor like, kind of was code yeah. Long time, right, like... a confirmed bachelor mm. was, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a polite way to call someone gay back in the day. Historians will say they were roommates, you know. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's so funny that that shows up as a conflict in some some of the most famous movies, like in Rear Window, where mm-hmm. yeah, Jim, Jimmy Stewart is a famous bachelor photographer. It's like okay, and his excuse is like, well, I don't want marriage to get in the way of of my career, you know. It's like, I don't know why. Yeah. And another weird trope from the 40s and 30s is the the critic main character. Yeah. I don't, yeah. Is that code for something like asshole? I don't <laughs> It may be another queer thing because he's not like a baseball reporter, you know, something real rugged and manly. He's, that is true. he's right. into the arts. A theater you know? critic. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There was something else, uh, this is slightly off topic, but there was something else that they said that um, we actually had to pause the movie and be like, wait, was that code for something? Um, <laughs> when uh, the the young cop, I believe, was talking mm. about how his mother was an actress mm. and somebody oh, says, was yeah. she legitimate? Yes. And we stopped like, wait, I was mean, he asking if she was a sex worker? Like, she, that's exactly what they're, yeah. <laughs> I didn't but catch that part. Well, yeah, and he goes, of course she is. She's my mother. Then his answer is, her name was Peaches something or other, which Peaches is like LaRue. a stripper name. <laughs> Peaches yeah. LaRue. And then he says something else, and it's like, okay, that's the kind of actor his mother was. It may have been more like burlesque back yeah, then. Yeah, that's what I, I would think. think. Like, as but, an and that may have been what you want you to think, but sex worker also could work. She performs on stage, therefore she's an actress. <laughs> and I agree with that actually. So, yeah. But uh, like also like Cary Grant al- always denied the, the rumor, and his daughter denies it. But then like uh, uh, Vincent Price, his daughter's like, oh no, like is like always like no, her dad was was queer and had affairs with men and and dudes on yeah. his side. Like it's so. I mean, there. I, I remember. Imagine, oh. Go ahead. I imagine the Cary Grant thing is like not that matters, but like he was so into the like I'm a movie star and this is my image and I, I cannot ruin my image, right? Potentially, but well, he lived with Randolph Scott for a long time. Um, I had a film professor. We watched The Awful Truth in a class, and he told us a story about how when one a reporter asked one of Cary Grant's ex-wives uh if he was gay and she said I don't know we were too she basically said I don't know we were too busy fucking but um <laughs> that is a good response uh, which you know yeah you know uh, good for them but uh <laughs> but yeah he lived with I'm I want it was probably I think pretty sure it was Randolph Scott 
that he was like living with for they were like roommates for a long time. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, he could have he could have been by he could have been. Oh yeah. You know? Right. Oh yeah. He he could have been uh, having a great sex life with his wife and still. Yeah. Maybe this Rudolph person as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what Fender Price was doing for his whole his whole career. Mm-hmm. Like his last wife, they had an agreement, like an arrangement where like uh, she could have women on the side, he could have men on the side. And uh, uh, as you've ever seen the movie Theater of Blood, uh, she is uh, one of the main characters in it. I forgot who she is in the movie, but she's in Theater of Blood. That's how they met. Hmm. And uh, yeah, she was all she, yeah she uh, she was his last wife. And uh, yeah, interesting. She, yeah, but okay. So, uh, okay, so this, like I wrote down, like this felt like arsenic felt like an uh, a comedy version of Rope, a little yeah. bit the Hitchcock movie. It'd be a good double feature. Where like Rope, like I didn't realize it until the second time I watched it, all how how coded it was. Mm-hmm. Like there's even a part where like, Jimmy Stewart says like. Oh, like we all know, you had a habit of choking the chickens on the farm, which I didn't. <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> went, went way over my head the first time I watched it. Yep, me too. Yeah, I didn't think about it until now. It's been years since I've seen that movie. I didn't even <laughs> catch that when I saw it. So yeah. Yeah, watching it a second time is like, oh, this is not trying. This is not subtle at all. Mm-hmm. So um. So, uh, a friend Cora, beside like, uh, do do you guys like like old Hollywood movies in general? Like, what what's um, like, what's your history with like, like this era of movie? Um, I don't think that I have seen a whole lot of old Hollywood movies. Um, I recognize this one from having seen the play. Um, you did mention It's a Wonderful Life. That is a mm-hmm. movie that I watched every single Christmas um, growing yeah. up with my dad. He, he really, really loves that movie. Um, and like, I didn't realize I had the same director, but I think there are a lot of similarities. Um, yeah. And even like rolling back on the whole um, blatant sexism that almost sounds like satire today, they, they definitely have that and it's a wonderful life as well. Yeah, no. Um, something that, I was thinking about too about this movie is um, how Cary Grant is marrying a preacher's daughter, mm-hmm. and you know he's like, you know he's not like really afraid of the dad now until like <laughs> he finds out that his aunt has killed you know his aunts have killed twelve people. Um, I just thought that was an interesting juxtaposition because it's like you really don't know your neighbors as well as you think you do. Mm-hmm. Um, especially like, yeah, you just don't know. And it just, it was just an interesting side by side. Um, yeah, it's, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, one thing that I didn't expect is a jump scare when Jonathan <laughs> pops out from the window, which is like, is this the first jump scare? Cause I've never seen a jump scare like this early. <laughs> I would, I would say, you could say Lon Chaney's fan of the opera is the first jump scare, but that's just me. Oh, okay. The unmasking scene is kind of a big jump scare. There's, there's stories like even like Ray Bradbury talks about it when he was a kid and saw mm-hmm. it that like 
It freaked it, like people literally like ran from the theater. Like, but anyway, first jump scare was the train coming to the station because people yeah, really thought it was going to come true. in. So you, it's, 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 oh God. I was just thinking that about how people were running just because the train was going up. Like, oh my gosh, we can't hear it, but obviously it's coming this way. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, it's like um, like the only thing I, I didn't. Well, like I don't like scribble comedies for me kind of end up in a place where it's like the last twenty minutes is just chaos and it's like people yelling mm-hmm. at each other. It's like I don't know what's happening anymore. There are jokes, but I can't tell you what what's resolved and what right what they talk right. about. And yeah, I would the say plot, this is, Go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, I was, the, the plot kind of like takes a backseat to just like all the all the zany antics Shames, and things yeah. happening. So it's it's a little hard to yeah tell what's actually like what's going on, what's tied up by the end of the movie because it all just kind of turns into chaos. <laughs> I would say this is like the cleanest ending of a of a like a screwball comedy in my book, like. Because I, if I like think about like the last twenty minutes of break, bringing up baby, I'm just like I have no idea what's going on, and I'm not into it. That's the leopard one. Mm-hmm. Another Cary Grant movie, ironically okay. enough. Yeah. Well, that's Riles and Russell, right? Uh, Catherine Hepburn. Catherine Hepburn, which is his Girl it... Friday. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking of. But like, I think of like uh, we we covered the women earlier. Mm-hmm another screwball comedy but like the end of that is a little sloppy but a little easier to understand yeah uh yeah but like this i I forgot where i was going with that but yeah just like the end just kind of fell apart like i i still enjoyed it but like uh i i couldn't tell you what like what really happened besides like he gets uh, the character gets tied up there's a bunch of hijinks yep and uh He's not crazy, and it's like, oh, okay, I guess, I guess it's over. <laughs> it just kind of right. ends. I do like the the part where the uh, the like the guy who runs the asylum comes to the house, and Teddy comes down, and he points at him, and he goes, "Is he here to take my place?" And he goes, "What?" And they go, "He goes, you know." And he goes, "Taft." And the guy, and they cut over, and his stomach is like really out, and. <laughs> He's he's very self conscious about like he's suddenly self conscious about it. I just I love that line because it just 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 a dumb like funny historical line. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, right. yeah. I don't know. Do you know for what year the play was written? I'm sure um, we could look that up. Yeah, we could look it up. Yeah, uh, the technology. How how recent were all the like Teddy Roosevelt jokes when that? <laughs> they were. Let's see. When was he president? He was in the teens. Like, uh, I want to say it was like 1900 or 1904 was the first time he was elected. But yes. yeah, he was in office from like 1901 to 09. And his gotcha. Daughter, yeah. And his daughter so, was um like a political consultant for a Republican Party for a long time. Well, uh, and you, you got to remember too, you had FDR in office too, so it's not yeah. like you had Roosevelt's not in office. Yeah, that's true. That's one of the jokes that they tell too. Right. Yeah, but um, um, yeah, his daughter, who was like a Republican person, yay, that's wonderful. It it really isn't, but uh, she. 
uh, I forgot her name, but she had like a pet python that she named Alice. Emma. Alice Roosevelt had a yeah, pet python named. Uh, oh, God, I'm trying to trying to remember what the snake's <laughs> name was. It had a really good name. I think it was Emily Spinach. Was the name? Yes, that was it. <laughs> Emily Spinach was her her pet snake. Yeah, yeah I think Great. I remember having a a picture, not a picture, mm-hmm. um, uh, like a book when I was a kid and. Uh, it had all the presidents in it, and uh, one of the, like the fun facts they had about like the Roosevelts is that like mm-hmm. his you know niece lived with her him, with mm-hmm. uh, you know Teddy Roosevelt, and that they had like a pet possum mm-hmm. too. I want to say I don't know. I, I was it was just such a weird. I was like, oh okay, yeah. But uh, anyway. Uh, yeah, I got really nothing else to say about this movie besides like, like the problem like, like scribble economy is kind of devolve into like, this part is funny and it falls apart by the end, but there's stuff I like and I, I, I personally I don't find there's that much for me in them, but I do enjoy them. Sometimes, like, go ahead. Except for like the women, I think that's the one I'd be like, no, that one has a, actually a lot go lot going on to to dig into. I feel like because this is going to sound dumb, but I feel like mm. people smoking cigarettes really helped understanding movies back then sometimes because <laughs> everybody was just like, I don't know. I just felt like they were a little bit more focused. I, I don't know. It just, you can definitely, it's like kind of like when you look at movies from the eighties, it's like mm. cocaine was definitely in the water in some parts. Oh. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, it's like that William Friedkin's career. Yeah, definitely. Um, Actually, we will cover a Friedkin movie, Cruising, this season because that movie ooh, is complicated. That's a, that's a, that's a. I like that movie. I like it too. The, the first time I, I haven't seen it in a while, but um, yeah, I think have, about the handkerchief stuff. But of course you do. You like butts, I know. <laughs> 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 oh man. No, but yeah, yeah, cruising is a complicated movie, and I, yeah, that'll be a fascinating discussion to get into. Uh, yeah, do you no. do you have um, opinions on the movie Cruising? Me? Uh, no, uh, Fred and Cora. Oh, I, I have never heard of it. Yeah, I, I'm not familiar uh, either. It, when it came out in the '70s, it was protested for being homophobic, but also one of the first major Hollywood movies about. It's about a, a gay a gay serial killer in I think Brooklyn, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of protests of it being homophobic. But it's it is, but it isn't it's kind of, it's it's very of of its time. There's no yeah. other way to put it besides it is very of the moment, and it's just a strange movie. Yeah, it, it really is. As I like to say about certain people, it's an individual. Yeah, you know. Like, like it's different, yeah. And I'm straight, so I would have a different uh, viewpoint on it, right? Which kind of colors like I like it, but I, but yeah, yeah. It's there. There's a lot. It's just a complicated, <laughs> complicated thing. But uh, you said it was like the first movie with a a gay character, or one of the. It's like the one of the first like, uh, Hollywood movies about like queer characters. Mm. I mean, as we mentioned before, uh, 
you know, the antagonists in movies, even dating back to the 40s, probably even earlier, mm-hmm. were queer coded, though. And, um, you know, I, I, the movie that popped into my head when you were talking about that, and this came out after the 70s for sure, um, but Silence of the Lambs. Yep. as oh, well, yeah. which is very transphobic. Yes. Um, oh, yeah. You know, had the potential to be a good movie if they just rewrote that character. Yeah. Yeah. Don't read the books if you, because yeah, like the Thomas Harris is pretty homophobic in his oh, writing. Interesting. Yeah. He, he, it's, it's not great. I haven't read them, but our friend, friend of the show, Bo North, uh, who is a, a queer woman, she mm. has read them and it's like she loves the books except for the homophobia. Yeah, that's right. kind of how I feel about Silence of the Lambs. I love the movie except for the whole, you know, yeah, Ted Levine the... uh, having to be, yeah, it's uh, having to be the serial killer and be the main antagonist. Also, um, I can't stand when bad things happen to dogs, so I, I can't. <laughs> I can't rewatch that movie. Well, not, not that that dog. That dog's fine. I know, but I don't. I don't like it. I just. I don't like it at all. Like I. I will avoid a movie if it something bad happens to the dog. Yeah. I. I too avoid movies where something bad happens to the dog. There. There's a whole website. Yep. <laughs> I use that. I know exactly what you're gonna say. The, I use the dog same, I use the same website because. When you watch a lot of foreign movies, you're like, oh, shit, is a dog going to die to make a point? Like, Yeah, the animals, animal uh, 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 welfare stuff in other countries is a little more loose, mm-hmm. depending on where it is. Yeah, no, I... Uh, that's that's kind of why I stopped watching, like, Sleeve the Italian movies. I got tired of, like, oh, great, there's going to be some fucked up animal violence in this. Yeah. Oh, there is? Great. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I don't blame you on that one. Yeah, just, this isn't an old movie; it's a new one. But um, mm-hmm. have you seen the movie Raw? Um, no, it's been on my watch list for a while. Mm-hmm. I, it is a it is a very good movie, and it's very scary. And um, I don't want to like spoil anything, but the dog does die. Well, thank you for the warning. So I probably won't see it now. Yeah. <laughs> but uh. Oh, wait, uh, Joel, did you add this movie to your uh, list of movies with cats in them? It was already in there a long time ago. Oh, okay. Good. What, is, how many How many movies are there at this point? That's funny that you mentioned it, because I'm currently working on the list. So, um, <laughs> Is it over a thousand? Oh, it's way over a thousand, yeah. Nice. Let me, let me look at the list real quick. You got the aristocrats on there? <laughs> aristocrats, not the cats. I meant to say... <laughs> I always say the wrong title with that movie. Okay. <laughs> All right. So um, there are 1,485, but that also includes animated shorts when they were shown in the theater back in the oh, day. Oh, God. TV movies, not episodes of anything, documentaries. Mm-hmm. Like it has to be mm. specifically about Big Cat or something like that. But yeah. Hmm. Yeah. That. How about the movie Cats? Oh, don't mention oh, that geez, movie to me, please. <laughs> oh my god. When that movie yeah. when that movie came out, everybody was just like losing their mind over it. But like I grew up a theater kid, so I had mm-hmm. seen the play. So I knew how ridiculous it was. 
I, um, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. I was emotionally scarred from it. <laughs> yeah, the I, Sir Ian McKellen in the cat suit really, really did me in. That was like, there was the no weirdly anatomically correct Taylor Swift cat was also. Yeah, weird why was to she me. the only cat that had boobs? That That's, was weird. Uh, yeah, I, there was at one point, I don't care for Rebel Wilson whatsoever. And I didn't know she was in this movie until I was like, sitting down and watching the movie mm -hmm. and there was one point in one of the musical numbers where she's like unlike zipping her cat suit which makes no sense i had to leave the theater i was like nauseous like i i just was like i don't want to see this <laughs> and uh i, I saw yeah. a, a a uh my art teacher in elementary school she has mm -hmm. watched the like someone taped the broadway show of yeah it. in the broadway show uh, as a kid, I was terrified of people in costumes. So the Broadway show was this like pure nightmare <laughs> fuel uh, for Kinder like, trauma. Yes, <laughs> and I remember seeing a part they go into the audience, start touching you. And oh I god! Thinking like I will never see this play in my life. That's, that's <laughs> the scariest. That's the scariest <laughs> shit I can ever. Um, the, yeah. The interesting thing about the movie is it managed to have even less of a plot than the play. Yeah, <laughs> I was so. I will say. The only song that I liked from it, and I did listen to it weeks after I saw the movie, like maybe even months, was I did like Magical Mr. Mistopheles. That was yeah, it. That was, that was the only thing I liked. Um, everything else, straight into the barrel. I, I don't... I, uh, I saw that... I saw two movies that day. I saw that, and I saw Knives Out in the same day. Mm -hmm. Thank God I saw Cats first. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, Jake, this is this is like a thing only you will appreciate. Uh, and yeah. Joel, you, you already know this. In Knives Out, when you see the brief cameo of M. Emmett Walsh, mm -hmm. I stood up and clapped. I was like, "Fuck yes, I love him so much." <laughs> I know he's awesome. I I forgot about that. I haven't seen Knives Out since it came out, and I haven't seen the sequel either. But um, I, the sequel is okay. Yeah, I kind of figured it would be. Um, I liked it. I, I quite enjoyed Glass Onion. Yeah. It's worth a watch. I actually haven't seen Knives Out, but I watched Glass Onion and I liked it a lot. Yeah. I feel like it would have been better if they had somehow like done like less movies and more like Columbo style episodes with Daniel Craig, but that's just me. Hmm. Yeah. 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 I'm but also very biased because I'm like, in love with Janelle Monet, but mm. I thought mm. that, yeah. Her character was very good. She did such a phenomenal job in Glass mm. Onion. That really that really made the movie for me. Like, yeah, uh, I, Is she uh, in a lot of other movies? I don't um, think so. No, she's in um, the... Uh, I'm trying to remember what the title of it, but it's the, the like, the historical movie about the... Yeah, yeah, the women... Oh, Hidden Figures. Hidden Figures, that's it. Yeah, yeah. she's in that. Um, she was in Antebellum, which nobody liked or wanted oh, to watch, yeah, that talk movie. about. Yeah, I remember that. I, I thought I saw a trailer that I thought was Kindred. The uh, uh, what's her name? Uh, the science sci science fiction writer. Oh, Octavia the, Davis. Yes. Yeah, Octavia E. Butler. There we go. Octavia oh, Butler, E. Butler. Yeah. I'm thinking yeah, of the thought, actress. I thought it was an adaptation of her book, and and it was not. Well, that's unfortunate. 
Kindred is and awesome. It, like, I don't know if it's a reflection of her acting, but like Janelle Monet is excellent as an actress as far as I've seen. Oh, she was yeah. in uh, Moonlight. That's what I said. She's the mom. Right? Oh, I was just, oh, I true. forgot she was in Moonlight. I forgot she was in that also, but that's, that's another really, that's one of my favorite movies that's come out in the last decade, probably. I think it's been seven years. Yeah. Oh. 2016. Yeah. 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 Wow. I'm fucking flies. I know. All right. So, uh, I got really, oh, actually, I do a random question. Uh, Fred and Cora, do you like musicals? I do. (laughs) Um, yeah, I, I was, I was a big theater kid, uh, all the way through high school. I majored in theater briefly in college before dropping out. Um, so there's a lot of, uh, a lot of love in my heart for musicals, even though I no longer partake. Yeah. I'm not a big musical buff or theater buff myself, but I have been told by Fred mostly that, that some of my songwriting sensibilities are very musical theater. So yeah. Well, as I mentioned before, (laughs) we're recording the second album and, um, Cora had, uh, written a good portion of the songs, um, because, they're sung from two different perspectives, two different mm-hmm. characters, and one is modeled after chorus. So she wrote uh, the foundation for all those songs. Um, and yeah, the the melody, the main melody, the vocals is like very like Judy Garland, very oh, okay. <laughs> sound of music, mm-hmm. uh, old school, like type. <laughs> I don't know if that was a good... <laughs> No, yeah, but Judy <laughs> Garland, yeah. Yeah, so I guess Cora doesn't like musicals, but somewhere. I think I've been subliminally influenced by musicals. Yeah. That's just how I write music, I guess. And maybe when you were an infant, they played musical soundtracks. <laughs> uh, it's white noise for you to fall asleep to and um, never told you. My parents would do some weird shit like that. We should ask them. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, 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 I've, I, I know Joel isn't too big on musicals, but I, I am. It took a long time for me to like musicals because I, the, like the typical straight guy thing, like they're dumb. Yeah. And then I saw Sweet Charity, and I was like, these are wonderful. <laughs> Why didn't I like this before? And it's not a thing I seek out, but when I watch them, I, I got even bad ones. I'm like, I know it's, I know it's bad, but I still, but it's a musical. What, what, what's not to like, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I recall when I was in middle school, I guess we were like going on a field trip to see a musical or something. And the teacher was um, very adamant to everyone. They they taught us this phrase, the willing suspension of disbelief, <laughs> meaning I don't want to hear any of y'all <laughs> talking about how this would never happen in real life. Of course it wouldn't happen in real life. It's a musical. <laughs> and it's just this big pep talk we all got before uh, going to see a play. And uh, I don't know, why don't we bust out in song in, in real life? Right, yeah. Why not? I, yeah, I'm down with that. I mean, I kind of break into songs some days at work, but that's as close as I, not like real song. It's more like me humming to myself, but. I used to be a daycare teacher, which is pretty much like being a little live musical. Yeah. Um, you know, with the singing and, and the crying and the theatrics. <laughs> yeah. 
Um. Yeah. No. Definitely. Right. So. Uh. Uh. Yeah. Uh, I want to wrap up soon because I got somewhere to go relatively soon. But uh. Yeah. So I forgot to intro the episode with this. Um. Trans rights are human rights. I've been trying yes. to do that at the beginning of every every episode, but sometimes I forget. But yeah. Oh, yeah. So. Agree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Agree. Rights. Yeah. And uh, if you live in a state where fucked up stuff is happening, get involved. And if you're not in a state where fucked up stuff is happening, still get involved because it can still happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. And uh, yeah. Also, if you if you listen to this podcast at all, why would you have? Why would that be a hard thing to understand? Because we're talking about uh, a mode of art and queer cinema. So yeah. Come on. It. Yeah, I, I don't understand that. But anyways, people are complicated, unfortunately, yeah. or dumb. Maybe both. Yeah, yeah. All right. So, uh, yeah. So this, well, yeah. So Arctic on Lace is available. It's a Hollywood classic, and uh, I, I would say definitely watch it. Like yeah. it's, I think it might be one that like can uh, fix the. Um, the attitude of like old Hollywood was stupid and boring right you show like a 15 year old this movie who doesn't watch old movies they i think they'd be surprised yeah i mean yeah there's a lot of times in that movie where where uh carrie grant looks at priscilla lane is basically just looking at her saying i'm horny so because <laughs> she he says you're going to be seeing this look a lot you know from now on and i'm like oh damn <laughs> You could really just say that in a movie in the 40s, huh? Yeah. It was a pretty horny movie, to be honest. <laughs> it's true. It, it, uh, it was unexpectedly horny for a movie about yeah. two little old ladies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. Um, yeah, no, I, I loved that part. Yeah, and J-Dog, would you recommend this movie? Yes, I would. Especially to uh, historical... Uh, you know, history buff people because the several guest appearances by the actual president Teddy Roosevelt, which I don't know how they got him away from his busy schedule. Yeah, going to play the trumpet and rush through doors and bury dead bodies in this movie. But uh, you know, I appreciated that. No, no, no. As he wasn't burying tearing joke. Yeah, he wasn't like burying dead bodies. He was digging the canal. That is true. <laughs> digging the canals. Well, yeah. he, no, he was burying dead bodies because well, yeah, these but, you were know. the victims of yellow fever. Right. Yeah, there was no murder victims. No. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I also yes. appreciate there's Anyways, some... I'm tired of people ragging on President Taft because he had a stomach. <laughs> Who also had a stomach? Teddy Roosevelt. Yes, he did. Yeah. I also appreciate that there's no attempt at like why they're killing. It's just like they just killing people. It doesn't matter. I mean the well, only the reason the ladies the, the ladies go, we always feel so bad. Like they're lonely, you know, and they're like, We're we're just doing a service, basically, is what they say. Right. Yeah. That that's Which one is- of the things I think is so interesting about them as characters is they like just have no idea whatsoever that like other people would think what they're doing is messed up. They yeah. they're totally at peace with it. They think it's the morally correct thing to do. Yeah, they, they have no qualms whatsoever about poisoning all these old men. Yeah, with wine. Mm-hmm. Again, friendship goals. Yeah. Me and Cora. <laughs> Maybe well, one we'll day. We'll do a sequel to this episode, and um, you know, like 
60 years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe 50. My, my puppy has woken up and is now determined to uh, sabotage. Come on, Daddy. Come on. Over here. Come on, Daddy. That's a good boy. Oh. Oh. If it's a look, if a if puppy wants attention, it's okay. Yeah. 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 No, he's he's a pretty good dog. About eight months old. Oh. Well. Um. Yeah. So like, I mean, if Rat Bath like really explodes, you can probably like get a house in Brooklyn and live out your uh your fantasy. Yeah. You guys oh, can, yeah. Right. You can yeah, just that's... just be Martha and Abby. Mm-hmm. That that was the yeah that's the whole plan that we <laughs> figured the best way to make money is to be musicians <laughs> nowadays right because right. you know all, so many musicians oh, yeah. are just so successful it's just a license to print money basically yeah being a DIY musician. yeah and uh, we <laughs> we definitely um, the goal was to get a house in Brooklyn to murder men that we felt sorry for so well, this is um this has really been the plan all along I think they made this movie about us. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm Martha. You're Abby. Yeah, that's I, that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So um, yeah. So uh, this is 1944, and recommendations for that year. I have only one because I've barely seen, like I said before, like 40s movies is kind of are hard for me to uh, this hard for me to get into in general. But the one I would recommend is Lifeboat. Which is the only Hitchcock movie with a black lead in it, and it's also <laughs> pretty damn good. And um, the one black lead is not on the poster, but everyone else is on the poster. That's dumb. I know. That's Hollywood, though. Unfortunately, back then. Yeah. But uh, yeah, Lifeboat. It's it's uh, an underrated Hitchcock that no one really talks about. But right. It's, it's a good one. Yeah. Yeah, that's all I got. Okay. Uh, Jake, you can go last because I assume you have like a couple. As long as people don't pick them, yes. But go ahead. Okay. Uh, Friend Core, you can recommend stuff if you have anything. Um, I don't have any like movie recommendations, but I would like to recommend we bring back Killing Nazis. Yes. Um, oh, that yeah. is something that people did do in the 40s. We should do more of that. Yeah, bring it back. Yeah. Wholeheartedly agree. Uh, that's it. Just um, that's uh, killing Nazis. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Yep, yep. Just killing Nazis. Yep. <laughs> I think it's a good start. Yeah. 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 I mean, like, there's nothing wrong with punching a Nazi. Nothing yeah. morally wrong with that. Anyway, uh, <clears throat> J Dog, you got anything? I mean, you know, it's funny us having done this podcast for so long. I was like, finally, 1944, a year where we haven't seen any. Oh, my God. We've done 1944 before because way back in the Kurosawa days, we watched oh. two, count them, two propaganda movies. And one oh, yeah. was uh, the movie Army by uh, Keizuki, Keizuki Kinoshita, right? Yeah, Kinoshita, yeah. And um, this is that this is the better of the two, which is one of them is Kurosawa, but this one is better in my opinion. It's it's just basically um, this woman is like raising her son, 
so that he'll be strong enough to join the army and fight on the front lines when he's old enough. And it's, you know, it's, it's, it's fine. It's not that remarkable for, for much, being that it's propaganda, but it's have uh, Chishu Ryu, who is uh, one of the standards of, I feel like, of Japanese cinema, if you've watched any, like he's in, um, he's in a lot of uh, Ozu stuff, but he's also in uh, oh, yeah. Redbeard and Dreams, but yeah. the Bad Sleep Well. Yeah, the super mm-hmm. chill guy that Ozu said he's not a good actor, but he's great for me. <laughs> he didn't know. <laughs> Anyways, and uh, there's some other people I recognize, like uh, oh yeah, the Kinuyo Tanaka was also in all kinds of yeah, Redbeard again. Also, Getsu, yeah. the and, first um, Japanese woman to have a career directing films, which mm-hmm. was like five movies, and then uh, the industry kind of didn't let she got the entry didn't let her keep directing movies so she had to stop yeah but she made like five movies i'm teaching yeah well she was in a wedding ring with toshiro mufune yeah also in a, another kinoshita movie lucky person kinoshita made like 50 movies in his career damn we, we did not discuss i don't think and uh, as for the Akira Kurosawa movie, it was one called The Most Beautiful. And it's about all these women that work in a lens grinding factory. You know, they grind the specific lens for telescope equipment, for viewing equipment in general, for, for glasses, for military uses for the most part. And um, I don't remember why it's called The Most Beautiful. I think it had to do with like... Well, these women who are are helping out the army, they, you know, they may not be dressed as lovely as the the women that are waiting at home for their husband, but they are something the most beautiful. Like I, I don't know, something really cheesy like that. Yeah, it's Either also where Kurosawa met his wife. The star I was going to say the star of the movie was uh, turned. They got married, I think, the next year or something. This is like the only movie she was in, right? Yes, that's one movie she is in. And Kurosawa said, it's my most personal movie. (laughs) A fortune teller told him, like, if you don't marry this woman, she's going to become a famous star and destroy you somehow. He's like, I must take her out of film. So he's pulling a Barbara Loden with, uh, what's his name? Joseph. Or, uh, what's his name? Fuck, what's his name? I know you're talking about. That fucker, that asshole. The, oh, the dude George who Kennedy. spoke, the guy who spoke at the HEWAC hearings, right? Yeah, who rat was a rat. Yeah, yeah, the on um, the waterfront guy. Elia Kazan. Yes, thank you, that bastard. Yeah, he makes great movies, but he's a piece of shit. Yeah, I was, yeah, I would stand up and clap for him when he they wheeled him out of the Oscars. That's just me. <laughs> yeah, well, even Martin <laughs> Scorsese, so. Uh, I yep. think a few people didn't stand up. Yeah, yeah I've Ed seen Harris. footage of yeah, Ed Harris and his wife. That's, that's my like. That's a screenshot. I just want to make into a meme. Him just standing <laughs> there staunchly, everybody else is clapping. Right. Uh, and the most like uh, when it comes to course, uh, you know, as a master of filmmaker, most of his movies are like four to five stars, right now of a five star scale. And this is on the bottom end. I, I personally gave it like two and a half just because it was. Damn. It's not. I don't good. remember. I, I think it was just kind of boring. 
it's, um, a, it's a boring propaganda movie. There's nothing to say. Yeah, um, it's just he just he met his wife there. They fell in love, and that's the most interesting thing about the movie. And it's yeah. not even the movie. Probably did not allow him the freedom to actually show any of that auteur skill that we know. Mm-mm. No, so I don't have uh, particularly strong memories about it. Yeah. Uh, so those are going to be my two because I really I haven't watched any 44 movies besides that, really. Yeah. All right. And uh, Jake, you got a couple quick ones. Oh, yeah. I've got a couple quick ones. Um, There is one from 44 uh, from uh, where is it from Sweden that called Torment. I cannot pronounce the director's name but it is one of ingrid bergman not ingrid ingmar bergman's first movies and he wrote it um you're like with the director not the actress he was the uh yeah i meant the director i said ingrid i've been talking about casablanca all week to a friend so i get the um, two names except all the time yeah and they even work together which made it worse but anyway um it's about a schoolboy. um who has this really heartless teacher and um, he meets a girl, the student meets this girl who's struggling like with alcoholism and um, the teacher learns that the student and the girl are like having an affair and he basically begins to torture the student. And uh, it's a very interesting movie. It was a movie that I caught late at night. One time it was legitimately one of the first foreign films I ever watched. Um, like I said, it was like Ingmar Bergman's first like written film, or at least that I know of. Um, so there's that. Um, uh, let's see. There's To Have and To Have Not, classic. Um, there's There's two perennial favorites that I did not know came out in the same year of mine. Meet Me in St. Louis and Double Indemnity. Yeah, you'll and, be uh, back on for um, Meet Me in St. Louis. For- yeah, no, and I'll talk more about that. But Double Indemnity, one of the greatest noirs of all time, one of my favorite movies of all time. Talk about talk about Hollywood being horny. Uh, yeah, showing showing anklets. You know, that's yeah. a little too spicy. But yeah, that. That's uh, the double indemnity. Uh, just a great, great movie. But uh, yeah, just those. Okay. And uh, coming up, uh, this is the last recording for a couple weeks. So uh, the next ones we have planned out are High Heels, a mode of our movie. Um, the second Vanderbilt Fastbender episode. And. Uh, the first of two Richard Gere episodes, uh, American Gigolo, and uh, what's that thing? thing? And something Martin Kessler picked. I forgot what Kessler picked, but a Kessler will make his debut on this season uh, not too long after this recording. But uh, yeah, so that's it. Uh, plug wise, I got nothing new. I'm in college still, so I have no free time for anything. And uh, yeah, so uh, Jake, do you still do your blog thing? Um, I haven't been for a while. If people want to check it out, it's cforcinema.com. 
Uh, I may get back to it eventually, but uh, right now I'm just still in a in kind of a hiatus mode. Um, there is something that I'd like to write, and that may take a little bit of research, so uh, I might start that soon. Okay. Oh, I just remembered. Uh, Grumpire, I refer. Grumpire on occasion. I have a piece on a 1940s musical uh, for a column that they do on secret movies are secretly punk that I pitched Ooh. two years ago that I'm now almost done with because <laughs> I'm it takes me a long time to write uh to like write like actually smart people stuff mm-hmm. for other people but uh yeah so that should be coming out soon ish I hope and J Dog you got anything no <laughs> Okay. So, uh, Cor and Fred, thank you uh, for coming on. You guys have an open invitation. If you want to talk about a, a musical, you know, just name no. a musical. Only if it's cats. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, not sure, cats. I'm not sure if you're joking or serious. I'm being dead serious. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> thank you so much for having us. Yeah, I really um, appreciate it. Yeah, this was, this was fun. Um, We've been on podcasts before, um, but never invited on a podcast to talk mm-hmm. about a movie. Um, it's been like people covering uh, music releases mm-hmm. and such. So this was a nice change of pace, That's you know, right, to kind of right. like step away from the, you know. Just talking about ourselves all the yeah, time. Well, yeah, well, having to self-promote and plug <laughs> and, and you know, and just talk about an experience that we had, which was watching this movie together. Right. And you know, talking with other people who enjoy movies and and getting the just have a real conversation. So yeah. thank you. You're welcome. And uh, yeah, again, like you know, if there's like a musical or whatever you guys want to talk about, you know, just let me know. So not cats. <laughs> uh, if there's anything you want to talk about, literally make, anything make, but cats. Not cats. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you you can uh, you can leave me out of that one if you if you. Uh... Please just do. <laughs> <laughs> We're just gonna start our own podcast that's just about the movie Cats. Is it a minute by minute like recap? Yes. Yeah. I well, might we'll listen. bring in like other people to give oh, their good. like takes mm-hmm. on it too. Yeah, I kind of like the idea of that's not a minute by minute, but that's literally the only movie episode you talk yeah. about. <laughs> on this episode, we're talking about cats, but you have different guests every time. <laughs> Yes, M- minute twenty-one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I didn't. I didn't say when we were talking about, it, but like the the trailer to Cats made me nauseous. Oh, glad I'm, <laughs> I'm glad I'm not the only one who got nauseous from that movie. Yeah, yeah. it's it's grotesque in a way that uh, is. It, I can't. I can't put into words. It's grotesque. <laughs> I, I do. I, rem- I do remember walking out of it and being like, God. I would have loved it if John Waters directed this. Like, <laughs> he could have made it a lot more. Like, it probably would have ended up with somebody eating like poop. But I would have been okay with that. Weirdly mm-hmm. enough, that's that's a movie you sign up for, right? And that's an actual yeah. John Waters movie. But you know, then you're saying something, Brad. Oh, I I do not remember. <laughs> I'm no. sorry. It's fine. Yeah, so um uh uh so uh you uh you have your sale going on as of right now. 
still? Yeah. Or? Yep. It, it's going to be active through May 5th of this year. Um, we are going to leave to record in a couple weeks, so it will be active while we're still recording. Um, nice. And yeah, I mean, we've, we've got a, a few, few bites already, but we definitely have a lot of merch left still. So it's uh, going to still be good until it's gone or May 5th. Yeah. All right. Nice. I'll put a link to that. And uh, uh, is it okay if I uh, put one of your songs at the end of the episode? Oh, absolutely. By all means. Yeah. Okay. It's always better to ask and just mm-hmm. randomly do it. Yeah. Do you know which song? Um, how about you guys pick? Oh, <laughs> what what's the most arsenic, arsenic and old lace. lace song? I mean, the song that popped in my head at first, and I, I don't have a rhyme or reason as to why this would have happened, but I thought Bone Eater. Yeah, uh, that makes sense to me. Yeah, okay. I was thinking, at least you're lonely too. Maybe. Uh, no. I like Bone Eater better. Bone Eater, okay. Let's do Bone Eater. Bone Eater, it is. All right, Bone Eater will be tagged on to end of the episode. All right. Yeah. Thank you so much. You're welcome. And I will end. Let me see. Our logo is by Andrew Bargeron. You can find him as Jemetsko. 
on Threadless, TeePublic, Redbubble, Shirt Woot Catalog, and T Theory. That is spelled G I M E T Z C O. You can find our show in previous seasons on Podbean, Spotify, Google Play, and other places where you can find podcasts.